Hello everyone, it's Aidan Lang here. Um, as you see, we've just launched our 2017-18 season and we're really looking forward to bringing to you a number of um, singers, who, many of whom are new to Seattle Opera. So I thought we'd take a little podcast moment to talk about our casting processes. And with me here, I have our Director of Artistic Administration, Arun de Hakopian. Hello, hello. Arun, Sir. we always have a bit of a challenge um, <laughs> <laughs> getting our cast together. For you, you know, what, what, what do you look for in a singer when you're... You know, it's that famous story of you and I being in New York, hearing 32 singers a day, and then at that last moment, a singer, no matter how tired or hungry or upset we are, what we found, that singer just sings the first note and our eyes just open up. It's as simple as that. Many audiences can easily say the same. A lot of people say they don't know about voice, but it's the same thing. The thing that opens your eyes, maybe the hair in the back of your neck stands up, and you just go like, I am seeing and hearing something great. It's as simple as that. It's so true. I always find it happens at four o'clock yeah. uh, when I'm <laughs> dying for a cup of tea. <laughs> I think there's one more singer before the, the scheduled break, and then suddenly someone comes along, and yes. you forget the need for the caffeine Of course, injection. those days that they don't come along. <laughs> it's a very, very tiring day. So the whole week we spend in New York together. How many we get through? What about a, we hear about? 100? We usually we get about three hundred fifty to four hundred fifty um, suggestions to hear. We narrow it down and then we bring it to you for final judgment. We hear about one hundred and twenty to one hundred and twenty-eight, which is a lot. Luckily nowadays there are good singers around. If we haven't heard them or we're considering them for something special we make sure that we hear them. And of course, it's not just New York. You, you travel to see shows, I travel to see shows, Europe, here, there, winners of these awards, you judge competitions, I judge competitions. It's a combination of all of those things. And really, we're looking at a sort of two to three year timeline. We, yes. we know what we're doing yes. uh, and what we're looking for. And it, it just gives us that window Mm. to allow for the right person to come on one's radar. Yes. And isn't it interesting, when we tell people what we're casting, singers come and sing a certain thing for that role, and sometimes when we don't tell people, we actually find the right people for the roles that we're interested in. It's so true. It's, I, I'm it's very interesting. Looking at rehearsals for Katya, um, both um, Vicky Livengood and Stephen Spakarovsky, yes. you know, both came to us not knowing we were doing Katya, and Katya. I remember on both instances, we looked at each other, we were like, there Perfect. is our Kabinika, and there is our decoy, <laughs> straight away. It's, it's true, you, you never know when the right singer is going to come in front of you, but you know when you see them. Yes, which brings us to, let's, you want to talk about um, Butterflies today. Well, of course, our first opera in, uh, in that season is Madame Butterfly, and without a butterfly, you don't, you have, don't an opera. have a show. <laughs> It raises the question of this is this is one of the most challenging roles in the entire soprano repertoire. It's, it's long, it's demanding, and we have to find two because of our casting system of double casting. I remember I, I, I saw Liana Haratunian at, at the Met doing Amelia Brocanegra, and we we had her in mind. Yeah, well, um, I saw her in Vesper Siciliani in Royal Opera House, and I was like, who is this voice? It was one of her first big things coming up. So both of us liked her various times. And it was one of those things where we then saw that it was in her repertoire. Boom. That she has just done it recently in San yes. Francisco. So, so the next stage is finding, is she free? And this is 
something. Oh. We, we could all have the best ideas in the world, but if singers aren't free, there's nothing is we can do about free? it. Is she free? Does this artist still want to sing that role? Is it in the right combination of the things he or she is doing before and after? Because some voices like to stay high at certain points and low at certain points. All of that coming together for someone to say yes and then negotiate and for them to actually arrive it's kind of a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> However, with Liana, it doesn't stop there because, of course, we, we need two butterflies. Yes, and we, we do. And we have uh, <laughs> Alexia Vulgaridou coming as well. Yes, who also was a late discovery of both of ours. She has this angelic, young girl-sounding voice with power. And, of course, this role is in her repertoire, and um, she's done this in Tosca countless times, strangely. So we thought the combination of having both of these ladies here would bring the level and the difference in identity and voice to make two amazing shows occur throughout our run. And I guess the point is that we when cannot say that both singers are identical. No, no two singers no are the same. Singer, no. But, um, you know, regardless of which performance you attend, yeah. you're really seeing a singer who's right on top of this role, which yeah. is, is so necessary. Many people ask me, well, which cast should I come and see? And I keep telling them that we cast on the basis that we would love those artists in those roles. That we are bringing you the best apple we can find and the best orange we can find. So you pick which fruit you want. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a combination of many decisions um, we make together. In the end, it's about the amazing art these artists make within the great puzzle of casting, which is something we should talk about now, well, I think. The opera which probably um, produces mm. the most puzzle is, oh. um, is Cosi Fantutti, because in casting Cosi, it's all about blending. It's a pure ensemble opera. And therefore, one casting choice has a knock-on effect, in the case of Cosi, really for at least three other roles. I, in other words, if you start with your Fiordaligi, you've got to think, I need a Dorabella who's going to match, match. all those endless duets they have together. Supposedly you also need sisters, a Ferranda course, yes. who's <laughs> going to blend beautifully in yes. Fraile and Plessi. Yes. And then, if it, once you've picked your Ferranda, you then need a Guglielmo who's going to match with that, That's who right. will also match with your Dorabella. Yes. So, because of a number of duets they have together, we have to think in terms of four singers who match, and then we double that process as well. And besides voice, which one would we think think would better have better chemistry or get along with the author, um, person on stage because there's so much time together on stage. We're very lucky. I mean, oh, we, we got to talk about our Fior de Ligis for a second. <laughs> They're actual sisters, Fior de Ligis and Dorobella, um, one of our cast, Marina Costa Jackson and Ginger Costa Jackson. And I cannot wait to have both of them on our stage, which are glorious voices. And then, of course, they're matched with two other amazing artists, which one of them our audiences would have seen already, Hannah Hip, superb artist as Dorabella. And I'm very, very happy we have Marjuka Tepon in here, um, which I heard k several years ago in audition. I was like, oh, my God, this is a Fior di Ligia. And when we Aiden decided, <laughs> I'm going to Cosi Fantuta, hello, <laughs> let's bring this amazing artist in. So that puzzle mixture of the women is going to be amazing. The thing about oh. Marjuka also is so many singers choose to fundamentally have their career in, in houses in Europe. Yes. Um, you know, we, we think of singers you know, having the freelance career, but there are some fantastic singers 
who are on a, a permanent contract in houses in Germany or in Helsinki. Uh, they can have a family life, a stable home. They don't have to move every six weeks to a different city with luggage. <laughs> they can actually take a short train back <laughs> home if they'd like to, even on the weekends if they want to. So we have a whole untapped potential to, yes. to show our audiences some, some wonderful singers yes. who are not necessarily known around the world, and we've managed to extricate yes. them from a, for a short time from their permanent jobs. I'm amazed okay. sometimes how we, we get yeses. Because he is, is really, um, I, I think, he's one of those, those puzzle operas to cast. It, it's all about, as you say, getting the chemistry, the blending right, and then we feel the piece can glow. A another aspect, of course, is that we often go into co-production partnerships, which yes. we may be the first company to present it, in which case we would work very closely with the director to make sure the types are right. Mm -hmm. Or in the case of Barbara Seville, we're actually second on. So yes. we had the advantage of seeing the production what the in show Brisbane requires, first, yeah. and, and again talking with Linda Hume, the director, but also seeing it in action, uh, helped us finally choose some of the, the cast for, for that opera. And it, it brings a point, another aspect I think we take very seriously is what I call the right playing age for the character. Yes, it's let's explain about really that. It's not really with their, their age per se. It's the age that they give over when performing a character on stage. Yes, would you believe this person who might be 40-something can play a 15-year-old or 20-something playing a 30 year It could. That's definitely possible. It's not just makeup, but definitely reading that. I've learned that quite well from you, I think. Well, uh, you know, Bartolo's a case in point. I've seen Barbara done a, a lot where the Bartolo is frankly too young. Young. This is an opera based around young people outwitting older people. Yes. I think Don Basilio you, is variable on the age of that. He, he can be played a bit younger. Yeah. But, but Bartle, you have to get the, the age right. It's not just right. the look. It's the energy, it's the, the maturity yes. of sound. And, and I think we have a phenomenal <laughs> one coming to us, Kevin Clavin, who is going to be amazing in that role. And I think Barbara is a good example of how we carefully thought these voices will come together. For example, Sophia Fomina, who's one of our Rosinas, I think will vocally go amazingly with um, Andrea Owens. And so even though early on we had some changes, we decided to keep those two voices together so that we have a nice sponge. And of course, Matthew Grills and um, Sabina will be phenomenal. I've seen Matthew Grills on stage. I even remember him auditioning for us as a young artist many, many moons ago. So how many years ago was that? I'm going to say good five, six, no, six years ago, I would say, six or seven. In other words, the message is that one is not forgotten in auditions. Every single role must feel right. Yes. For There's no such thing as a small role, really. No. It's just that character may happens not to be on stage all that much, but maybe in another opera there are a title role. Beatrice and Benedict is the first time we've done this opera. We're performing in English, and there's a lot of dialogue. To make matters um, probably worse for the singers, we're actually inserting Shakespeare's own text <laughs> rather than Berlioz's translation of Shakespeare. Which I think is genius. I think it's fantastic. And I think our audience, English-speaking audiences will really appreciate that. So therefore, we, we need, for that, we need singers who are going to have the right verb. We need people who we know can carry their character, not only through the, the sung uh, moments, but also through, the sp through much dialogue spoken as well. Moment, yeah. Yes. And, of course, Shakespeare is a very witty text, 
it's sparkly. So this was this was an aspect in thinking who to cast in all those roles within this. Yeah, movie. I mean, it, some things were very clear. Uh, we saw Hannah Hip work for us, and she was there was no question. And uh, luckily, Daniela Mack, who we had been trying to get here before, happens to be available, and her husband Alex Schrader is also available. So they're coming here as the team, and also Andrew Owens, which is sp he's supposed to be their um very close friend which we had no idea about is also going to come so this quartet itself is going to be flawless and match with laura tatulescu which you guys saw for which w was your susanna indeed was I mean breathtaking um as that is going to be amazing in that and the rest of the cast is uh so 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 wonderful <laughs> um it's interesting you mentioned daniela and alec being husband and wife um Sometimes that chemistry was <laughs> great, <laughs> and I can think of other occasions, I'm, I'm going to mention no names, where um, it, it wasn't such a good idea. Um, <laughs> they have performed together many times, yes, and um, yes. it's a shorthand. You know, you, you have uh, a couple who can know how to play off each other. Mm -hmm. and, and It's a calculated risk like almost everything else we have to do because we cast two to three years <laughs> in advance, and we hope that the, their best presence arrives. <laughs> Now, in this current season yes. and in the 17-18 season, we've introduced a lot of new singers to our audiences. But obviously, part of the attraction for audiences is, is for them to get to know singers. So with that in mind, we've, we've brought some people back. Hannah Hip is a great example. She's coming back twice. Uh, and Lara Tatalescu is also coming back twice uh, next Daniel Sumegi is here in four different roles in the same season. Um, Andrew Owens comes back to us. So really what we're trying to do is bring on a new breed of Seattle opera favorites, if you like. So um, we can our audiences can see them in a range of roles, um, can get to know them. Um, so gradually, the, our, our family, as I like to call it, is, is expanded. Let's talk about Aida. <laughs> Here in Seattle, we have a very large opera audience. And in order to fit maximum number of performances in the time the theatre is available to us, it necessitates back-to-back -back performances, Friday to Saturday or Saturday to Sunday matinee. And sometimes Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. In which case, we need to have a double cast. I think Aida is... Um, a textbook example of probably four roles which you would be ill-advised to sing on adjacent nights. Some roles, like Sharpless, we decided it's yeah, okay. It's, it's possible. It's possible yes. to do so, but but Butterfly and Pinkerton obviously not. Aida presented this problem for us to double cast the four main principal roles. As if it's not hard enough to want find one <laughs> cast, we have to find two. But in t we talked about the blending in Cosi. That blending isn't such uh, an important factor in Aida. It, it's not quite the same as it's blending It's important, but not as important, yeah. I think, we, we agreed on, yes. I, I always think the role of Amneris is, in many ways, the My telltale role, the touchstone role, role of the that. opera. Yeah. That's so we, we needed to find two Amneris. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's the plural of Amneris. Miliana <laughs> uh, uh, Nikolic, I, I knew from Australia. I'd, in fact, seen her do the role uh, among many others in, in Australia. So Phenomenal voice. But there was an instance where she was in um, the States. I think she was singing at the Met at the time and just passed through. Her agent got in touch saying, can she 
sing for you on I her way back. I remember that audition. And exactly, it made such an impression. Tall, beautiful, and I was like, ah, oh, well, let's see what we hear. Opened her mouth, I was like, oh, dear Lord, I this remember is going to be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and equally so, Elena Gabori, who is one scary, amazing mezzo sound, perfect for that role. So I think our audiences will see two phenomenal amnerai, as you put it, <laughs> and very different interpretations, I, uh, which is very exciting. And that, that's the key thing, isn't it? That we want every performance to have its own unique characteristic. It has to be original. Yes, if you were to take a photograph they're, they're, of both cast in the same moment, they would look the same. They'd be in the same positions. Yeah. But it's amazing, as I, as I watch uh, two casts develop, often how different the experience can be from cast to cast. It actually becomes a strength for each person. The artist doesn't feel alone. So it helps us behind the scenes as well. Maybe in the past there was a sort of implicit hierarchical sense. You know, one cast had, had five performances, one only had two. But by going on a strict rotation policy, yes. that is now gone. It's and completely gone. We're There's offering two evenings which m may well have a very different uh, tone. Yes. But uh, really what we're striving our best to do is to ensure that regardless of which performance you attend... You're going uh, to see something phenomenal happen on stage. You stole my words from me. <laughs> oh, ooh, ah, yes. And we're very sure of our casting can deliver that each and every time. To help audiences also, the phenomenal Jonathan Dean and I <laughs> sit and uh, put snippets of the live performance um, on the website so that they can hear all the types of singers that we have. Of course, after the opening weekend, we have that possibility. But if people want to come later and they want to take a good look at that, they can decide for themselves what they would like. Opera, of course, is a is a hybrid art form. It it is this marvelous mix of of music and drama. It seems to me that the ideal opera singer not only has uh, a spectacular voice, a textual awareness, but also is a great presence and uh, on stage. But at the same time, probably some operas tilt us slightly one side of a dial to the other. It is true. There are times that. The dramatic presence of a singer is slightly more important than actual, the purity of vocal divinity. And I think you and I have a, a pretty good um, balance of that. Uh, I cover a lot more vocally, and you cover a lot more dramatically. Yes, certainly. I think both of us have strength in both parts, and we join. We have never cast someone that both of us have not agreed on. Yeah, it's true. And I think that, uh, I mean, Aaron, you know, you, you trained as a singer, and it's... Yes. Um, it's very interesting, therefore, to, to work with someone who, who is looking from a very technical uh, point of view and um, in, in considering a singer. Yes. And I think together we work very well in, yes. in, in trying to find that balance between the vocal and dramatic imperatives, which are part of, well, it's a vital ingredient in any casting decision. Yes, because we can't have the most glorious voice basically reading the phone book. That's not going to be entertaining. But what do they do with their voice in regards to the text and the character? I think the text is the key thing. Yes. You know a singer is alert from the way they engage with the text. In fact, that is what drives the vocal beauty. It mm -hmm. means that their mind is uh, engaged with what they're actually singing about, what they're trying to convey. And of course, 
That is the essence of opera. And how honest and truthful that is, that they're not just regurgitating a whole bunch of text that they have know the meaning of, but what are they doing with it vocally, physically, and in presence? I also often feel some singers, you feel almost they're singing something they have heard on a commercial recording. That Some of them very much do. <laughs> copying, um, you know, uh, if not mannerisms, but certainly yes. uh, doing a, a cookie-cutter approach to singing. Yes. And I think what we look for is individuality, that someone who brings their own personality to the role, wha- to what they present in audition, to the role they present on stage. Whether we agree with it or not, are they convincing us as those characters right. with their beautiful voice? That is what... I think you and I have been able to do uh, pretty well, actually. And uh, we look forward to all these amazing singers that are going to come that season and to see how our audiences accept them.